It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I am very excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Paul Cortman. Paul is the founder of Connects Digital Marketing, and perhaps more importantly, I guess I'd call him a digital nomad. I mean, he and his family are, what he says, location independent, I think is the term that he uses. And so with a family of six in tow, Paul, his wife, and four kids are traveling the world and yet and living around the world, and yet at the same time he's growing and running a successful digital marketing agency. So we're going to we're going to talk about that. So, Paul, welcome to Accelerate. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, a little different show than we normally do in terms of uh, focus, perhaps. But I, but this whole idea of living life on your own terms is is really a an important topic because uh, I think that in a sales audience, I'm sure there's <laughs> there's lots of people listening that feel like they're you know sort of doing the same thing day after day, aspiring perhaps to do something different, and you really took a big step and said, look, we're just going to, we're not going to live life on anybody else's terms, we're going to live life on our own terms. And maybe by way of, of saying that, it's, you know, introduce yourself in terms of, you know, who you are, what your business is, but more importantly, what you decided to do with your family. Yeah. And I think, you know, for sales folks, well, first of all, thanks for having me. And for sales folks, it's, it's really like we're ambitious people, and so we have plans and goals and visions, and oftentimes that's for our business. And for family, it's like, well, I just need to move up that next rung of the social ladder or whatever it is or buy the next thing. And I fell into that, uh, and it's you really next, hard to avoid the next, that. The next thing being, this, this will make me happy if I can get that next rung, if I can acquire that next thing. Yeah, like, you know, for my family, it was, you know, buying a house. It was then, okay, now we need to buy two cars. Okay, now we need to get a bigger house or we need to get a boat or whatever it was. That next thing of, you know, like you're moving up some sort of fictitious pyramid of happiness, uh, but it doesn't actually, it doesn't coincide with Maslow's hierarchy of need. <laughs> no, I was going to uh, say that. <laughs> surprisingly. Surprisingly, does, right. So, you know, so there's that pull. Well, guess what? You can't, I mean, like, unless you're Superman, you cannot avoid that pull while living in the States. Uh, I know very few people who can, the, the, just the culture is too thick with it. And so we decided to uproot our family and leave so that we can avoid that. So that our kids aren't met with those advertising messages every day. Oh yeah. And I'm an advertiser. Mm -hmm. uh, so the mm -hmm. irony there is kind of fun. Right. Um, but you know, like my goal with our family is to say, let's live where people go to vacation because it's cheaper to live there in certain places. Um, and so let's cut our costs, which means I don't have to, you know, kill it for 80 hours a week and we can spend more time as a family. So we lived in Michigan in the United States and for the weekends, you know, for a Saturday activity, we'd go to the beach, you know, which, you know, it's freshwater, Lake Michigan. Yeah, you're 30 minutes Grand away. Rapids, I think, right? Yep, yep. Yep. And so you just go hang out at the beach. No big deal. Well, what if you did that same thing 
but your house or where you're living, sleeping at night happened to be in Cancun. And so on Saturday, when you go to the beach, you happen to go snorkeling and swimming with whale sharks. No big deal. It's just you're, you happen to be in Cancun, so that's what you're going to do. By the way, I am in Cancun right now, and that's what we're going to do this Saturday. So um, people think, wow, we're traveling the world like all these amazing adventures and all that. And it's like, yeah, we just – that's what we do on the weekends because we don't have to shovel the driveway. We don't have to – um, you know, do maintenance or upkeep on our house, you know, like we're just here in Cancun. Mm-hmm. We're going to go hang out on the weekend. And, uh, you know, we happen to be snorkeling in the Caribbean. Uh, it's just what you do when you're here. Uh, and so, you know, if we feel like it, we can pick up and move further down the coast or wherever we want to, uh, because of our lifestyle, it affords us a lot of freedom, but what it also affords us to do is, I don't have to shovel the driveway. I don't have to do <laughs> maintenance keep going on back the to, house. You keep going back to that. But, but uh, it seems like it's, it's a, a bigger goal than just avoiding shoveling the sidewalk, as you talked about. It's, it's, it's getting away from you know, the well, influences. I mean, we, I just listened to a, or watched a video from Simon Sinek talking about nice. sort of the issues involving um, – Millennials these days, and not yeah. not labeling millennials one way or another, but he was just saying that you know there's certain because because of the way they were raised, and it's actually putting the blame on on people of my generation because uh, yeah. I've got two millennials that I'm I'm sure and you know as I was listening to this video, I was thinking guilty as charged several times, but saying that yeah they're growing up because of the attention that they pay so much to the technology, they've haven't learned really how to build relationships. And so, you know, you can certainly see that as as an influence that you'd like your kids to be able to avoid. That that you know, ultimately in this life, we're here for you know person to person interaction as opposed to person to screen interactions. It has been a long time for me to develop this, but like uh, I have this hardcore Protestant work ethic that if it's nine o'clock in the morning and I'm not on a weekday and I'm not working, I have. A, a heavy load of guilt. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> and I think it's Midwestern like, Protestant work ethic. I, I grew up what, Wisconsin. Whatever. Same thing. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's oppressive, and I'm I'm able to now kind of poke my head up and realize, you know what? There are billions of people in this world who don't live that way, and who for whom relationships are way more important. And so this millennial thing that Simon was talking about, bitch, which, by the way, I am a millennial in by by age or not by age, by um, by mindset, not mm-hmm. by um, you know birth right. age. Uh, and so, like, I'm guilty as charged. Like, I'm still addicted to my phone, and I'm still like, I'd rather text you than actually talk to you because I don't know what to do with you. Um, but the the you know looking at my kids and saying how can i do better than my parents did how can i do better than what everyone else around me is doing uh for my kids and it's really not that i am god's gift to my kids i mean we can debate that but uh it's more along the lines of the more i invest in my kids the better they will be and so if i can arbitrage my time and be able to have more time with my kids, uh, we'll be better off. Okay, so let's sort of back up a little bit. So you started this when? 
Well, started what? Which the, part of the it? independent living, the location independent living. <laughs> so we sold our house uh, two and a half years ago in Michigan and uh, and then flew around the world for our first adventure. Uh, promised the kids we would be back home with extended family for Christmas. Uh, and then we did. We regrouped, rebuilt, or reconfigured some things in the, with the business, bought an RV, and uh, a year and a half ago... Um, maybe two years now, and then drove with the intention of <laughs> driving re- to Ecuador. You can't remember. But, oh, man. Yeah. Time, what day time of the week is, is this? Here. It's a good question. Okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I do have a calendar, but the day doesn't matter. Uh, when I do know that it's 2017 now. Yes. But we, we've been in Mexico for a little over a year. We've basically fallen in love with it here. And so, you know, uh, no one but us had the goal of getting to Ecuador. And so we were able to change plans and say, you know what? There's no rush. There's no push. Why don't we just set up shop here in Mexico for a while, a couple of years, and we'll take a vacation down to Ecuador. So like, there's just like this ultimate freedom of everything. Uh, I was talking with a friend today, like, I don't know really where I'm going to be next week. And that's okay. It's weird. Totally strange for me. But we're getting used to that as being the norm. So six of you in an RV. Mm-hmm. It's For a two, big RV. <laughs> nonetheless, <laughs> it's still probably less than a thousand square feet. I would imagine. 330. Uh, 330. Yes. I figure you probably know every single one of those by heart. Um, <laughs> how do you guys coexist over that period of time? Well, uh, to give you some idea, my kids are 10 and under. So my youngest is four. Uh, when we first started, he was less than two so that we didn't have to pay for his plane ticket. That was like the big thing. Once we decided we were going to do this, like, hey, let's get out there before we have to pay for the two year old's plane ticket. Sure. Um, you know, six grand on a on a getting out of the U.S. <laughs> right for a two year old. Right. Yeah, it's just like, oh, really? That's insane. Uh, we saved $1,000 just by leaving before he was two. Um, so anyways, all that being said, uh, with kids 10 and under, it's there's just a different level of demands that they have. They're not teenagers. They're not... Uh, they have minds of their own and they have their own wishes and desires. But if you say no, they still obey you. So that's like right there. That kind of sets things apart. The other thing is we have always homeschooled our kids. You've got two years on that, by the way. Uh, Nice. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's leaving, but, uh, my oldest isn't the trailblazer like she should be. So it's quite nice. Um, but she is our problem child and in a different Avenue. Uh, we, so we have, We've been homeschooling their whole lives. And so they don't know an alternative to a certain degree. And mm-hmm. so, like, they just know this is how it works and this is how, you know, whatnot. My wife is a very much an introvert and uh, a homebody. I know you would think, what? A homebody? But she loves that we have this RV now and it's our home and our stuff is where it belongs and she has what she needs everywhere she goes. Um, but she'd rather just stay in the RV. Whereas I'm like, Oh sweet. We parked the RV. Let's go exploring. And Mm -hmm. so like more extroverted explorer where she's like homebody, but yet we work together on this adventure because she loves 
moving our house different places. Right. She has those creature comforts. Well, the other thing is some of our kids have that built into them as well. And so like, they're just cool with just chilling, just chilling at the house. And so there's this fun dynamic of how do we live in 300 square feet? Um, our kids fight with each other a lot, but I think it's normal kid behavior at that age. Mm-hmm. And um, and the fact that we have four kids, they actually have playmates built in. They'll switch up every day as to who's their friend. But, um, you know, like we have friends over right now that they have two kids and they, you know, they're they're going stir crazy because they don't have friends. And it's like, well, you know, we have four. You add two more into the mix and it's even easier because they're off playing and it's no big yeah, deal. You got teams. The other th- the other thing with um, an RV is there's a mindset once you get into an RV that as long as it's not mosquito-y outside or 100 degrees, you basically live outside. Right. So the RV is the house. It's where your stuff is, but you're spending more time outside. So our kids in the last year and a half have spent more out- time outdoors than they did you know, for seven years living in Michigan, which has great outdoors, uh, they they just never would go outside because we had, you know, twelve hundred. Yeah. You know, oh no, we had eighteen hundred square feet in our house, sure. and so it was just like there's plenty of room to live inside. Yeah. And uh, whereas now, it's more often, hey, can you open the door and call the kids? It's dinner time. Right. Uh, and that never happened in a stick and brick. <laughs> stick and brick, right? So. Throughout all this, though, you're you're running a business, and as I said, growing a business, a digital marketing agency. So, you know, how do you manage your business when you're, you know, again, you're managing on your own terms, obviously, but you know, as you said, you've you've got ambitions. Um, so, how do you manage? I mean, what are some of the unique challenges you face trying to manage it remotely? Oh, there's a ton of unique challenges. Internet's always an issue um, because does, it's not stable. Does that dictate so, where you go? Do you research ahead of time? Hey, we're going to find a good Wi-Fi place? Yep. It definitely dictates that. Um, We're a little addicted to Mexico right now because uh, we have unlimited Wi-Fi through our cell phones, unlimited data. And and it has pretty good 4G coverage. So we get (laughs) and up through our cell phone, no worries. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, in like watching Netflix and YouTube, you know, like, well, yeah, we can, we'll typically consume 200 gigs of data in a month. And so like, pff, no big deal, which is why we're really happy with Mexico right now um, or with living here because it's, you know, it's a challenge right. uh, sure. elsewhere. But so typically we research now that we're in Mexico, we have this set up. We're, we're really lazy. We don't research anymore because it's just like, oh, we'll go there. Our cell phone will work. We're fine. Um, we've gotten uh, luxury for that. But internet is really uh, impactful on how you run your business. And my first year out, um, I had a completely different business model than what I have now. And uh, and I actually lost my business. In, in the span of three months while we were in South Africa, uh, I lost 90% of my revenue. Uh, oh, no, that and- was on the first trip. That was on the first trip. And um, and part of the reason why we came back to the States was because I needed to reconfigure the business and get more work. Some of the reasons why I lost business was, well, I I would say the majority of it is I didn't realize where the source of my business was coming from. I thought I knew, but I was wrong and I discovered it quickly. So what was that? What was the change? The source of my business is a second tier referral. 
It's not the people who I know or who know me. It's the people that know somebody who knows me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so what happens was when I was stopped, cause like all the people that I would network with were never my clients, but they were introducing clients to me or they were saying, you need to talk to Paul. You know, he knows what he's talking about. And the, so then when I stopped being in town or in those networking events, they would, my friends would refer off to the next guy. By the way, me leaving town made my quote unquote competitor were friends, uh, blew his business up. Mm. He had to hire two people while I was gone, uh, because everybody was now giving all of my referrals to him. And so it was just one of those things of where I thought, because I hadn't met over 75% of my clients. Sure. Uh, I, I just hadn't met them ever. It would, they called or, you know, were referred or whatever. And so I thought, Hey, I can keep up my network you know, I can keep it warm and keep activating it well digitally and leads will keep coming in. Well, the moment we left, leads stopped coming in, but I didn't realize the impact until six months later when normal cycle in, a, in an mm -hmm. agency model, mm -hmm. you know, some clients come and go and you always have to have new clients coming in the pipeline because you're going to lose clients. And it's not because we're in a bad agency or we made mistakes sure. or anything. It's just sure, things right. change. Yep, churn. And, uh, and so, unfortunately, we had churn. We had one of our clients uh, made a mistake and completely blew out their budget and kind of went bankrupt. And, um, and we had issues where, um, well, we were, we were in the process of teaching internal staff to do what we were doing. And so we were, you know, essentially working ourselves out of a job. Mm -hmm. So with those three on, on our three biggest clients, um, we, that's how we lost 90% of our revenue and it just dried up really fast to the point of where, I mean, to give you an idea, I was making 20 K revenue. I then was making 2000 a month revenue. And so it was just like a dramatic difference. Yeah. Of, yeah. Especially if you're trying to support a family. Yeah. So, so what'd you, what'd you do to reconfigure them? So it's been a long time in the making. What I did initially was I returned back uh, to Michigan uh, and and rewarmed up my network to buy me some time, uh, and that bought me about six to nine months of where I got a couple of projects, a couple of longer term clients, and got some things going. And then um, something that I always knew that I've been wanting to do that I've tried multiple times and just never hit it. Um, I was able to develop a productized service. And a productized service, if you don't know what it is, it's actually the holy grail in the service industry of where instead of custom quoting things, I say, listen, I'm going to do this work for you. This is the work that I'm going to do. And this is how much it's going to cost. I don't do anything else. And I'm not going to do your custom little thing and all of this variance. I'm going to do A, B, and C, and it's going to cost you this. Mm -hmm. The price is straightforward. It's super simple. I take your credit card online before we even talk. Right. And, you know, and then inside my staff, my team, my system and business processes are really well defined. And so what happened was I've been trying, you know, I've been in business for over seven years and I've been trying to pitch these different productized services. Well, what if I did this? Would anybody be interested? Or what if I did this? Would anybody be interested? And 
you know, it's the whole business. You try and try and sometimes you succeed and sometimes you fail. Well, what I was doing was leveraging my network to have revenue so that I could, you know, stay in the industry, have a good solid client base, have money coming in. I was outsourcing as much work as possible so that I could actually work on the business and develop new ideas. And I was constantly networking and pitching these ideas and one of them stuck. And, uh, and, and now I'm nine months into this and it is, it is a hundred percent replaced, uh, my service, uh, business. I have one client left that is on a custom project. Mm-hmm. Everything else is all through these productized service. And so, and so how do you solve it? Makes, it <sighs> people call and they say, Hey, I heard, you know, this or blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, this is what we do. Are they calling you uh, or you have somebody that's a, a sales staff member? Uh, I don't have a sales staff member yet. I'm still working through that process. So far I've been using, you know, basically network and, mm-hmm. um, and then a couple of groups that I'm in that are uh, business owners. Right. Uh, because it is marketing service, uh, anybody who owns a business is interested. And so um, what it is, is, I just found the sweet spot of where the pricing, the need, the offer, it just all comes together and it's almost like a no-brainer. So here, I'll give you the pitch so that you, you know, this big wondering of what is this thing he's talking about? <laughs> um, everybody understands SEO as, you know, if you're going to try and sell anything online, you need to rank in Google or you need to pay a lot for ads. Uh, and so SEO has been around for 16 years. It's cumbersome. It's challenging. It's hard. There's a whole bunch of gray stuff that happens and you're not sure is that right. One of the facts that we all know about is for, for in order to rank, you need good quality content. Mm-hmm. And in order to rank, you need backlinks. You need people talking about you, linking to you, referring to you. So we've tried over the course of the years to do both of those separately to try and, you know, get them, you know, here, you need better content. Let's provide that for you. Here, you need better links. Let's build those for you. And one of these gurus in the SEO industry, uh, Brian Dean, uh, did a case study on one of his strategies on how he built backlinks, and it's called skyscraper technique. And yeah, so, space. somebody was just telling me about that last week. Um, it's it's another, really another guest on the show. Of where you look at something that a topic that has proven successful, a uh, piece of content that has acquired a lot of links, but yet the content, for lack of better terms, sucks, or you found a way to improve upon that content. And you go, wait a minute, I can write a better article than that. I can provide a better interface than that. I can improve it and make it like really, really valuable and worthy of a backlink. And I have a list of 100 websites who have linked to an article that was similar to it. And suddenly the lights started going off and it's like, wait a minute, now we have this done-for-you skyscraper technique hmm, service of where you just tell us your website, we uh, do the research, find the articles that apply to your target audience and that are that have had backlinks that have already shown traction and that we can improve upon. We write the article, we improve upon it, we deliver it to you, you get to edit and approve, publish, 
And then we also do the outreach. We link out and we actually guarantee 10 quality backlinks for every piece, every article that we produce through this. And it's really weird because I have no idea where these domains are coming from, where these links are coming from when we start. We know who linked to the previous article and we start with those folks. Uh, and sometimes different articles will lead us down different bunny trails, but uh, eventually we get to the the golden ten link method or or, uh, um, or metric, and then at that point we move on and we do the next article and we let all the outreach out there linger and we see what happens. And I'm telling you, it doubles sales in uh, it doubles excuse me it doubles traffic in six months through organic search because you're building 10 links a month or 10 links a week to these, depending on how frequently you do it. And with one of my clients, we, you know, he was an existing custom client. I said, Hey, can we try this new process for you? And he said, sure, do it. I trust you guys. And so we started doing this new process and worked all the kinks out and got it going. And he doubled his traffic after six months, um, just through organic search because through six articles in six months, because we were actually doing it together and choosing good content instead of sitting there and saying, hey, writers, I need some content about this keyword and wasting space on the Internet. Instead, we look at what was successful, mm-hmm. what's actually already proven to work, yet eh, it's not the greatest article out there. Like that Simon video that you were talking about earlier. Right. That's a great video, but there are ways to improve upon that like actually transcribing the video and that could be a skyscraper article in and of itself you know like there's all kinds of ways to to improve upon that content to pull mm-hmm. in other resources to have graphs to have images to have snippets of videos and that sort of thing and you can make a 2000 word article really quickly that people want to read that people want to share and that people will link to and refer to because it applies to their audience. So I haven't had a client who cares about millennials for their target audience, but you know, we were talking about that video earlier and it's like, that would be, I'm now constantly everything, every piece of content I read, I'm like, how did this get to me? And is it worth skyscraping for one of my clients? Yeah. Well, in that particular video. That's what we do. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, that particular video just references, yeah, two and a half million views. So, um, yeah. it's linked to a lot of places, I think. So, uh-huh. uh, um, all right. So, it's a productized service. So, yeah, so, what do you charge for it? So, we just upped our prices because the the year, um, you know, for everybody, hey, you should increase your prices because it's a new year. Uh, not just because of that, but cost of living and all that. So, um, but it's six hundred dollars per post, and so you get to choose the frequency. You can do one a quarter, one a year, one a month, one a week, uh, and um, and it's really done for you. I mean, the checkpoints are you have to initially tell us about your audience. Just write a paragraph. Who's your audience? What's your website? What keywords do you want to show up for? And then we do the research and give you three suggested articles that we could skyscrape. We give you some stats on them and you get to go read those articles and basically say, yeah, I want that content on my website. Okay. And then we take that article, skyscrape it, you know, write better content, et cetera. We deliver the article back to you. Um, in a couple of days and then you have, you know, you can edit it, 
you can approve it. You can send it back to us for unlimited revisions. And then we will even publish it to your site for free if you choose, or you can publish it to your site. And then we build the backlinks. And really, you just sit back and wait till the report comes in. So it's three checkpoints, really, of, you know, who is your audience? Mm-hmm. What is it about? Uh, do you verify that you want these co- this type of content on your website? And then do you approve of this content? So, so a question that sort of springs to mind about that, then, is so what is the... What is the frequency you need to have of skyscraped articles in order to you know, have the impact that you want? Well, it, it's one of those things of where, uh, well, that's kind of a fun question because there's, I could say it depends. It depends <laughs> on your market. It depends sure. on all this and whatnot. But it, it, 10 quality backlinks. Well, okay, that's cool, but that's 10. Uh, if you need 100, well, you need to buy 10 articles to get that to your 100 to beat out your competitors. Uh, if you need 1,000, well, you need more articles. And the, the thing is, it's more about speed of growth in those. So the highest frequency that I'll do is one a week, um, which is really, really high. And I mm-hmm. have one client who wants that, and I'm nervous about it for him, but he's on board. He's tested us out, and he's just like, this is fantastic. Let's do it. Because the links don't come in all 10 at one time. They don't mm-hmm. come in from the same websites. It's you know, it, no gray hat stuff. You get to know. We send you a final report with every single person we reached out to and every link we acquired. Uh, and so you get to see all the data on all of that. Um, but most people, most of our clients do one a month. Um, you know, they might do one a quarter just to test us out, or they might just do one and that's fine. But most everybody is looking at this as one a month and in six months to a year, you will, your rankings will have improved to the point that your traffic will dramatically increase. That all depends. Every market's different to get from spot five to spot one on a certain keyword is going to be insane for some people. And you may need 20, 30, 40 links a month in order to do that. Um, But so, you know, what is the frequency I should do? It depends. More along the lines of what are you comfortable spending? Because it is you put this many dollars down, you get that many links. So if you have the ability to spend this much, this is how many links you'll get back. Uh, And based on your frequency of budget, that's what's going to do. And we all know that those links are permanent uh, because they've been requested, they've been hand-built, and it's not something that somebody's going to take down or that we paid for or anything like that. Uh, And it just builds every year, every month, and your website will improve every day based on the fact that you now have these links. Um, can, so, you do it, can you do it with existing content? Uh, I get that question way too often. And <laughs> the answer is no. Or uh, another variation is, I've got a writer. Can I, be, can I do it cheaper if I write my own content or whatever? And the answer is no, because it really depends on the content. And I can't control the quality when you have existing content or when you have a writer writing it. Um, the other issue is if you have existing content and you know, uh, to a certain degree, then we would have to skip the research phase to mm. find out if this is a worthy piece of content that already was successful somewhere else. 
uh, and then it's like, well, I can't guarantee that you'll get links for that content. So uh, it just it ruins the whole process. So getting back to a systematized process, um, you know, it's like this, this is what we do, a productized service. Sorry. Right. Another way to say it, this is what we do. And no, we won't do these variations. Yeah, so no, no I, we uh, won't let I've, your link builder do it or whatever. Yeah. Well, I was sort of testing you by asking the question because you, <laughs> you had said nice. that you're, yeah. So that's part of the joy of being on the show. So it has um, been, it has been a huge challenge to do that. Like seriously, my wife sure. has been a rock star in helping me say no because I don't say no. Uh, oh, there's money on the table. I could have that money, and my right. eyes turn into dollar signs. And she's like, "No, no, your life has changed now, Paul. You love this, and you simply need to say this is what we're going to do. And if you don't want that, don't buy it." Yeah. Like if you don't want a Ferrari, don't buy a Ferrari. If you want, you know, a Dodge Ram, then buy a Dodge Ram. But we're not going to put a pickup bed truck on a Ferrari. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Or on your RV, for instance. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So now we're in the last segment of the show where I've got some standard questions I ask all my guests. And uh, the first one is a hypothetical scenario where you, Paul, have just been hired by a company whose sales have stalled out. So they're hiring you to come in and do a sales turnaround, and the CEO is really anxious to make sure this happens quickly. So what two things could you do your first week on the job that would have the biggest impact? The biggest and the quickest impact would be um, I would definitely get into paid advertising online, and I would I would use Facebook ads um, because we can drill into their target really quickly and be able to find out uh, and be able to get our messaging in front of them to be able to get their their conversion information. So to get a phone number or to get an email address to pass that off to our sales team. Okay. So next question. This is some more rapid fire questions. I can give me one word answers or elaborate if you wish. So, you know, you've got this productized service you're talking about. So when you're selling that, what's your most powerful sales attribute, you personally? My most powerful is when I get on the phone and I talk to someone. Uh, I have the ability to talk my way into a sale. Um, I don't know how, but it just happens. Okay. Um, so who's your role model for business? I mean, you're, you are becoming the role model perhaps for others, but I mean, who, who inspired you? Dan Andrews, uh, he is the founder of Tropical MBA and podcasts over there. Uh, he is the guy who probably inspired me the most to uh, to grow my business, to develop processes, and to uh, systematize it. Okay. Um, one book you think every person in sales or marketing should read. Uh, I can't remember the title right now, but it's the Titans one that just came out. Oh, Tools of the um, Titans by Tim Ferriss. Tools yeah. of the Titans, yes. Yeah, very good. Okay, last question. What music's on your playlist? Oh, that's not fair. Your uh, playlist, not your kid's playlist. <laughs> I am not... Uh, okay, Swedish House Mafia. That's okay. what I listen to. All right, all right. That counts. Well, good. Well, Paul, thanks very much for taking the time from Paradise, where you're living right now, and working to uh, to join us and tell people how they can find out more about um, your productized service and where they can connect with you. 
Yeah. So our agency that's running the productized service is Connects Digital Marketing. So that's C-O-N-N-E-X digitalmarketing.com and you can go there and uh, there's a buy now link at the top and you can click on any of our productized services. I talked about the one where 90% of our effort is, but we do have other services that we offer um, all productized, all purchased with a credit card today. Uh, But then if you want to follow my crazy family and what we're doing, it's uh, homealongtheway.com. That's our travel blog. And then if you want to like actually do this, like you have a family and you want to travel the world and you want to figure out how to turn your business into location independent revenue or whatever, um, head on over to nomadtogether.com. We have a podcast called the Nomad Together Podcast. And we have a Facebook group of over a thousand members now of other families who are either living this lifestyle or uh, approaching this lifestyle. 2017 is the year that people are leaving their homes there. And so um, it's we've had announcements just this week. Four families are like, we get on the plane tomorrow for our first adventure. So wow, uh, it's cool. a very exciting group to be a part of. All right, very cool. Well, again, Paul, thank you very much. And friends, thank you for spending the time with us today. Remember to make it part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success and Easy way to do that is join my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Paul Cortman, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business and your life. So, until next time, this is Andy Paul. Thanks for joining me. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.